Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris and this is Season 1, Interlude 5, your Christmas special. It's a podcast staple, so I'm kind of obliged to do it. But don't worry, we're not going to be talking about Michael Bublé. There will be no mention of Michael Bublé beyond this sentence here. Hope everyone's enjoying uh, the festive season. Let me tell you what I've been listening to. No Bublé in sight. Ah, oh, damn it. I mentioned Bublé. I've been listening to lots of Kitten. If you caught my new music friday review a couple of weeks ago which would have been three or four weeks ago now i reviewed the new album by kitten personal hotspots which i loved Uh, it was a very good review and i've actually been listening a lot to their first album that was i discovered kitten these last few weeks so when i reviewed that album that was the first time i'd ever heard of kitten they are a uh it's like an indie an indie rock band that, I mean, indie rock doesn't doesn't really sum it up. I mean, they've got a very unique sound. They're definitely heavily influenced by the '80s and kind of the new new wave movement. Uh, you can you can hear that a lot in their music, and it's kind of you know indie rock pop. And their newer album is a lot poppier than the the first record, which was back in 2014, believe it or not, so seven years ago. But you know, one thing I didn't know when doing that review was kind of the longevity of the of the album and I do feel that you know uh, three four weeks down the line I am much preferring that 2014 record I think that the newer record has got lots of different sounds in it and if you're listening to it for a week which is what I did before the review then that's great and it sticks in your mind and they're all brilliant songs I just want to point that out they're all fantastic songs but because it's lots of different styles yeah I'm rarely in the mood where I want to be chopping and changing between lots of different styles and the first record back in 2014 which was self-titled just called kitten is you know, much more on the same playing field throughout the record uh, it's, it, it's an easier listen uh, and they're still great songs so uh, I've, I've been loving that that self-titled release by kitten a lot i've also been listening to oh you know i like to mention the good and the bad i've been listening to feeder recently i've been going down a bit of a feeder hole i remember Back in the day, there was a Kerrang! CD. I think it came free with Kerrang! one time, and it had a track on it called Purple by Feeder. And it's a brilliant tune, Purple. It's really good. But I only knew Feeder from their really big chart-topping record, Echo Park, back in the early 2000s. Now, if you're over the over the water, which most of our listeners are, you might not have heard of Feeder. I don't know how well they did in the US, but in the UK... Certainly, my generation in the early two thousands all would have heard of would have heard of Feeder and probably that record Echo Park. It had Buck Rogers on it, which was a smash hit for them here in in, in the UK, and you still hear that all over the radio now. It stood the test of time. It's a, it was a really really big hit for them and made made them their name. Anyway, it's it's not my kind of music. It's it's very it's very radio friendly. It's very clean cut um, you know, rock that is is. M- mega accessible to the masses and it wasn't my kind of thing but this track purple is really good and it's kind of like a bit more a bit darker and a bit more distant and um I, I, yeah i really like it so as you know as the years have gone by occasionally i drop into a bit of feeder trying to find some more of that sound i don't really get it like so echo park was their third studio album and normally what happens in yeah, the, the the classic life cycle of a band is that the, their earlier work, which is a bit less refined and a, a bit looser and they're kind of being themselves a bit more and experimenting, that's the good stuff. By the third record, 
you know they're thinking about their audience a bit more and they might have lost a bit of that spark and yeah that's that's how they end up with such a such a marketable and and radio friendly album like echo park so i'm inclined to go for those those earlier records so i listened to this these last few weeks i listened to the first two albums from feeder and you now it's they still kind of have that same sound it it wasn't great it's, it's slightly better and their first album i forget the name polythene i think it's called polythene you can definitely hear a uh it's got a very grungy influence to it there's definitely some tracks on there that could easily have been sung by kirk cobain <laughs> you know like, it's it, very much so and i would never have got that from echo park so there is some some different sound there but it's still a bit too clean for me and it's it's still a bit poppy a bit too poppy for my liking for that particular genre what i'm looking for in 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 their sound i did listen to their fourth record which is the one that has purple on it but yeah i still didn't get it but you know what i gave them such a solid listen these last few weeks i was desperate to find something in feeder i don't know why i just thought there was so much potential there and i was and i just had to dig through the stuff that wasn't i wasn't connecting with to find it but i didn't find it in the end unfortunately so that's it for that's it for feeder for me i'm not i'm not going to try them again i'll just continue to listen to that one track purple really good song i discovered this last sort of 10 days a japanese shoegaze band called luminous orange and they are brilliant really really good they were active around the mid 90s i think until or their last album was released in 2014 and I must say they're a little bit hit and miss you know not everything they release has been brilliant and the lineup has changed a lot in their most recent albums certainly the 2014 one and oh, actually quite a lot of them I think since um, since 2002 it's been just the front woman Ri Takeuchi uh, she's been the full band yeah so prior to that there was there was a full band or a, a four piece uh, since 2002 it's just been her the record I've been listening to a lot is an EP, Luminous Orange Super Plastic. That's the name of the EP from 1999. That is like yeah, 30 minutes of music, I think. 20, yeah, 29 minutes of music, seven tunes. But it's so good. It's so, so good. I really like it. Yeah, just just solid shoegaze, but some some catchy tunes. It was not too introspective. Not like uh, the quintessential shoegaze album was Loveless, My Bloody Valentine, which uh, is... A fantastic album. There's no denying that. We I can't say anything against it, but it is very introspective. <laughs> it's very just getting lost in in oceans of guitars and swirls and not knowing what way is up anymore. Whereas this has got some melodies and hooks that well, not necessarily hooks, but certainly melodies you can catch on to uh, and definition between the tracks uh, a lot more than some of that sort of classic earlier shoegaze. Uh, really good, really good. There's also an album in 2002, Drop You Vivid Colors which is also really cool. I like that as well. But uh, definitely check out that EP, Luminous Orange, Super Plastic. Mm, that's about it that I've been listening to. I've been listening to a lot of my vitriol lately as normal and still listen to a little bit of Jeff Buckley since since the episode came out. Thank you to everyone that uh, that gave some, some positive feedback on that. Seems like a few people enjoyed it and uh, was really enjoyed speaking to, to Joe. He was a great guest. Had some, had some good chat with him. In music news, there's certainly a lot of subjects that I don't really want to mention. Music news is a bit dark lately, isn't it? Like there's people getting stabbed to death. Also, you know, all the issues around Astroworld and it's there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't like. And I don't feel like this is the place to discuss it. 
One thing I will call out is the Rod Stewart performance at the Royal Variety Show here in the UK. So if you hadn't, if you didn't catch this, and I'm guessing our American audience haven't caught it, at a Royal Variety Show here in England, Rod Stewart performed recently. He performed a new track, and the newspapers have just murdered him since then, saying. I mean, what are they saying? They're saying it's embarrassing and that people had to turn off the telly. They were so embarrassed watching him at this awful performance. So, of course, I went to YouTube to check it out. And it's not bad at all, fella. It's, it's really not bad. The bloke's 76 years old. I mean, if I'm if I'm getting up on stage and singing with, with the, the strength that he's singing at 76, we're doing all right. It's not a good song. It's not a good song. But he delivered it well. Uh, and if anyone should be criticised, it's perhaps the organisers. For, for putting him on the bill. Perhaps they should have picked someone a bit more current. I don't know if Rod Stewart was necessarily the best choice. And he's he's got this song, which is a, a, it's quite a slow number for him. Certainly singing is, is the singing is quite slow for him. It's a, kind of got a country vibe to it. And everyone supporting him was like a band of young, attractive girls. It was, it was not very, <laughs> it was not very 2021, but it was a good performance. And if the papers, you know, the papers are all criticizing his performance and, and his singing, and I'm sorry, but there was nothing wrong with that. He nailed it, actually. Keep up the good work, sir. You've given us some classics. Maybe your time is done with those. But I think if you're still going at 76, then keep going. Keep doing it if it's making you happy. It's not like you need the money. He doesn't need the money. He's doing it. it makes him happy. Elton John and Ed Sheeran at number one here in England with... Uh, I don't even know what it's called. It's absolute tosh, isn't it? Like, let's be honest. It's just money-grabbing tosh. And then someone pointed out to me that the money they're making from this single is going to charity or whatever. But it's not... I mean, that doesn't mean anything, does it? That's only half the story. The profits they make on the the tune are going to go to a charity, but it's shining the light on them and it's giving them so much other visibility and and whatever and people are going to be listening to their music and it's not altruistic. Don't, Don't for one minute, anyone out there, don't think that this is altruistic at all. And it's just such crap. I mean, the song they're singing, oh, it's awful. It's, it's just a, it's just generic sleigh bells Christmas crap that screams to me. And, and unfortunately, it perhaps doesn't scream to the general masses who don't care that much about music. It's just nice to have one in the background. But to me, it just screams, you're two talented, well-respected musicians and you've got together and gone, hey, we're famous. How can we capitalize on Christmas? Let's just write some crap that people will buy. Because that's the thing with Christmas, isn't it? They're gonna people are gonna play it every single year, or maybe they're not. I don't know. The, the radios do seem to. It sounds like the radios have like thirty Christmas songs. <laughs> I think about maximum thirty, and maybe that's even high. And that's all they do. That's what's on rotation all the time. Obviously, Mariah Carey is constant, which you know it's 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 a fantastic song. It's all I want for Christmas is is such. A, it's the sound of Christmas, isn't it? But I don't need to hear it. 10 times a day, every day throughout the whole festive season. The Pogues, Kirsty McCall, Cliff Richard. Yeah, there's probably 20 to 30 songs that you just hear on repeat the whole time, which is kind of the subject of this episode, really. We're going to have a look at some of the some of the other Christmas albums out there that aren't getting the airplay, good and bad. I'll be honest with you, most of it's bad. I've got, I've got a couple of good ones, but I've I've picked up a couple of really bad ones as well. Let's get into that. So as I say, I wanted to talk about the sort of fringes of the Christmas genre, good and bad. 
because this year has been horrendous for Christmas music. I mean, albums coming out, Christmas albums. Seems like the world and his wife is bringing out a Christmas album, uh, and I didn't. I didn't ask for it. Did you ask for it? So, some of them. I mean, I haven't listened to all of it. I haven't listened to what have we got here? Gucci Mane, So Icy Christmas. <laughs> I would like to hear that though. Stray Kids, Christmas Evil, Hell of a Holiday by Pistol Annie's. Actually, country music generally seems to vomit Christmas albums out left, right, and centre. I reckon at least at least 30 to 40 percent of christmas albums this year have been country artists who else we got oh rob thomas i need to be careful what i say about rob thomas because uh so (laughs) nardwar i'm sure you all know nardwar absolute legend in the music journalism world he did a ted talk not that long ago and the whole premise of his ted talk was about how did i get an interview with snoop dogg i asked for it how did i get an interview with Henry Rollins I asked him for it so <laughs> what I've been doing is I've been trolling Rob Thomas for, for a little while and uh asking him to come on the podcast there's no way Rob Thomas is ever coming on this podcast <laughs> but I thought um you know you don't ask you don't get so I thought I'll, if I troll him long enough eventually he's got to notice me and you know maybe he'll just say something to, to shut me up or something I don't know so yeah so I don't want to say too much about about Rob Thomas's Christmas album uh, because I don't want to hurt his feelings and then get him on the podcast and feel all sheepish about it but ugh, I wish he hadn't I wish he hadn't done a Christmas album anyway a lot of them it, they're just doing it for the money clearly it's so blatant and crass and there's no kind of hiding behind it and I don't like that I mean look, Nat King Cole <laughs> Nat King Cole has a Christmas album out this year Nat King Cole died 50 years ago I think 50 odd years ago a sentimental christmas with nat king cole and friends as i say i haven't listened to the record but my understanding is it's tracks with current artists and they're they've put nat king cole's voice so it sounds like duets with nat king cole come on i mean if that doesn't just screams in your face money grabbing doesn't it there's there's nothing more oh, oh whatever so yeah there's a lot of things about Christmas music that winds me up and I wanted to see what was out there that we weren't hearing. What is there apart from Mariah Carey and the Pogues? There's got to be there's got to be some stuff. So number 1, instead of instead of five questions this week, I got for you five Christmas albums. No no quiz at the end. I'm just going to go through these five albums and introduce you to five new records for you to put on the stereo during Christmas. Maybe not all of them. Certainly not number one. Don't put this on when the family come over on Christmas Day. Number one is Afro Man, a cult 45 Christmas. <laughs> Afro Man, you might remember from his early 2000s hit, Because I Got High, which I think, I haven't, oh, I'll need to fact check this afterwards, but I think he was nominated for a Grammy for that crap. Christ. So Afro Man, yeah. I mean, a cult 45 Christmas. This is... This is so awful. I, I I try not to... Well, do I try not to? You tell me. I, I try not to be unjustifiably critical. But in this case, it really is just... It's just bad. It's just a bad record. There's not a lot. There's not a lot going for it. The opening track is an a cappella rendition of Deck the Halls, but with obscene lyrics. And the track's called Deck My Balls. 
and it's just really amateur and it's not funny it's like really it's super childish and you know the guy's probably i don't know at this age at this stage what year was it uh 2006 he must have been like early 30s and he's got the sense of humor of a 14 year old boy all the tracks pretty much apart from that first one which is about it's just being obscene just being rude and obscene apart from that all the tracks pretty much are about his love of weed and smoking culture sings the 12 jays of christmas afro man is coming to town i think five minutes of effort has gone into the production the beats are are super simplistic and childish his humor is really childish it's it's not good it's not good i'm never listening to that again i'm angry that he took the time from me i don't know what i can do about i can't do anything about it but all i can do is beg you beg you to not put that one on so Afro Man, Cult 45 Christmas, stay away from it. <laughs> it's got to be the quickest number one I've ever done. I know it's not a question, but still, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. Let's move Let's move on swiftly to number two. Star Wars Christmas, Christmas in the Stars. This came out in 1980. It was conceived, I believe, by producer Meko, Miko. Miko or Meko? But what's great is the lyrics are mostly sung by Anthony Daniels, who does the actual voice for C-3PO. So C-3PO does most of the the singing on it. Well, talking, you know, kind of spoken word because it's, cause it's C-3PO. There are other voices on there as well. I think there's... R2-D2 makes quite a, lot of, quite a lot of noise on it. He does all his beeps and boops. But unfortunately, there are some tracks that have R2-D2 talking or singing. They've kind of given R2-D2 a voice, and uh, that's a bit weird. I don't like that. It kind of ruins it a little bit, but it's all right. It's, it's all a bit of fun, isn't it? I mean, you can't... <laughs> that That's that's the one thing that we can all agree on for this album. For Christmas in the Stars, it's all a bit of fun. It's very novelty. If you love Star Wars, you're going to love it just because of just cause of the fact it's it's actually Anthony Daniels doing the voice. There's a track called What You What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb. <laughs> Uh, that that one's got R2-D2's voice in it. Um, there's other characters in there as well. I don't, I don't necessarily know who all the, all the characters are. Uh, maybe they're not actual named characters, but um, yeah. All the songs are very thematic about Christmas. It's undeniably a Christmas album. It's very, very Christmassy. There's two, maybe three tracks I would play for fun at a Christmas party. But that's not bad going. That's that's three more tracks than, than, than Michael Bublé's got. Oh! What have I done? I've got to mention him again. I'm alienating all my all the fans of this podcast that listen to Michael Bublé. If there's any fans of this podcast that listen to Michael Bublé, you need to look look long and hard in the mirror and reassess your life decisions. So that's number two, Star Wars Christmas, Christmas in the Stars. Number three is Paul Gilbert, Twas, T-W-A-S. This came out this year, came out 2021, uh, not that long ago. Paul Gilbert from Mr. Big and various other bands. He's had a pretty solid career to date. I don't think he's currently performing in any other bands. Uh, I think Wikipedia says he's a guitar instructor at the minute, uh, but he's doing some he's doing some solo stuff. Obviously, he's super prolific, and he obviously felt this year he's gonna put out a guitar-based Christmas album. And gotta say, it's a really a, a rocking a rocking Christmas album great background music for a party or something you know because a lot of the tracks they a lot of the tracks he improv oh well i don't know if he's improvising a lot but he's he sort of get lost in his guitar play 
and often there's a there's a fairly drawn out introduction with him just shredding really shredding the guitar and then out of nowhere comes a riff that is familiar and then and then you realize oh he's he's playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or something you know it's not it's not in your face and and so that, you know it would be i mean the whole record would be really great as as background to a uh, to a christmas party because it's only it's only going to draw your ear every now and then when you hear a familiar riff uh, and then you can sort of hum along to it and then the rest of the time there's just awesome guitar play it, it's really good the guitar work on it reminds me a lot of uh, jeff beck what was the album that had uh, blackbird on it you had it coming yeah i'll probably go back and listen to that record now and it sounds nothing like uh, I like Jeff Beck's uh, guitar work there, but just the yeah, just the guitar tone. I think it reminds me of that. But bear in mind, I haven't listened to "You Had It Coming" in probably over a decade. Uh, but it's a really good album. "Twas" by Paul Gilbert. I really like it. As I say, it's got it's got a place. It's got a place in Christmas. It's a uh, it's background for a party, and yep, I would recommend it. So so check that one out. It's on. It's out. It's streaming. It's on Spotify. So you can you can listen to it on there. It's number four on my Christmas list is oh god it's it's gone downhill again guys we got keith sweat a christmas of love <laughs> i can't even keep a straight face saying it keith sweat a christmas of love from 2007 2007 is actually quite late isn't it for for that kind of keith sweat era keith sweat was 90s over sexualized slow jam r&b it's a music of its time it really is it should never have left the 90s should never have left the 90s it's not a genre that's aged well at all i don't think it's a little bit rank isn't it that, that um you know the the song that really kind of exemplifies that genre was how does it feel by oh, who was that d'angelo where he almost looks totally naked in the video because the camera keeps the camera keeps zooming out and then it's just, it just cuts off right where it should below his crutch <laughs> it's like, and he's all oiled up and it's just and I, and I i hate to hate to go on about that video because i actually do really like d'angelo he's got some he's got some great tunes and he's a really talented guy and i know that 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 song and the 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 response to that video really didn't gel well with him but yeah when i think of that kind of slow jam well that keith sweat era that's that that video kind of uh, that kind of sums it all up. So anyway, this Christmas album, A Christmas of Love by Keith Sweat. Well, you know you know what he means, don't you? When he says a Christmas of love, <laughs> he means a Christmas of boning, doesn't he? He's Keith Sweat. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really similar to his other stuff, but with the occasional Christmas reference. In fact, not the occasional Christmas reference. There's, there's one, <laughs> well... First of all, one achievement here is nine tracks on the album and six of them have the word Christmas in the title. Uh, the whole album has an insane amount of references to Christmas. So much Merry Christmas, Jesus is Born, Christmas Time. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But um, it's still got that undercurrent of you don't want to get caught in a dark alley with him if you're a female. The opening track is I Want to Be Your Santa Claus, which is delivered with kind of audial bedroom eyes <laughs> um it's exactly what you expect it to be yeah the, the the funniest is the last track on the album under the tree sounds like he's just gyrating and spewing different phrases that are christmassy 
the, the start of Under the Tree does sound like a, a song that you can grab hold of, but it, it devolves into just an endless string of, yeah, 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 Merry Christmas, it's Christmas time, ooh, baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some some really banging lyrics, though. In, in I Want to Be Your Santa Claus, he says, uh, now, baby, take your time and wrap me slow. A tied-up knot ain't no way to go. The fireplace is burning, the perfect type of loving. Girl, I can give you something. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, yeah, it's 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 a good album for a laugh, but it's not. you're not going to be putting it on when the family are over. Or when they're not over, really. You'll, you'll put it on and have a chuckle, and that's it. I think uh, I don't. I, people aren't remembering Keith Sweat for a Christmas of Love. I don't think it's 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 going to define his career. But good effort, mate. Good effort. So lastly, album number five, we've got a good one. Pomplamos Winter Wishes. This is a 2018 record, and it's a little understated. The album cover, I think from memory, it's got a Christmas tree on it, but it's not. You know, it's a it's a real muted um you know the 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 color palette is very muted and lots of browns and it's not in your face sleigh bells and holly and tinsel yeah and it's called winter wishes you know it's not got the word christmas in it which makes a change pomplamoose are an american duo they're a married couple big youtube presence they don't perform live a great deal but looks like they have a Decent streaming numbers. In fact, that's understating it. They don't have decent streaming numbers. I mean, on YouTube, they have 1.4 million subscribers or followers. I don't know what you call it on YouTube, but subscribers. 1.4 million people. Wow. So maybe everyone listening to this has heard of them uh, apart from me. Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong as well. Pomplamoose, I think. So yeah, this is a really, really nice record. But I think if if anything, what it really does is they've, they've got a very distinctive sound. So what this record does it's Christmas time, you chuck on Winter Wishes, you hear it for the first time and you think, wow, they've got a really cool sound. I think I'll check out their other stuff. And, and that's all it's going to do, really. Their sound is very kind of dreamy, indie pop, quite folky sometimes, really, really nice and, and lends itself well to a Christmassy slash wintry sound without needing to douse itself in arse loads of sleigh bells and things. There are sleigh bells on, on this, but it's subtle. There's one track, On My Heart Is For You. There are bells through the whole track. But actually, it it would work on a non-Christmas... That, that particular track would work on a non-Christmas album too. So even though there's bells in there, they're, they're right for the song. The vocals are Natalie Dawn. I think she generally plays bass as well. And her husband plays keys, piano, drums, uh, maybe anything else. I think Dawn's got a real sort of 1950s element to her voice which is really nice and, and refreshing, quite different. And they really rock. It's, um yeah, it's a, as I say, I think I've, I've used these words before, but it's, it's a very understated, subtle album. It's not In Your Face Christmas. The most conspicuous track on the album is Sleigh Ride, which is just a, a dreamy, folky cover of Sleigh Ride. And I don't think that track really shows their strengths or unique qualities. If you're going to shove Christmas in our face, I prefer the, the closing track, which is Boom Tinkalinkity Christmas, uh, where you get a feel for their sense of humour. They definitely have a sense of humour, and you'll hear that with if you check out their YouTube channel and some of the tracks they've covered there and some of their original music. They they do have a sense of humour, even even in the way they present the the music on their channel. 
They also have a Let It Snow covered on this short record, but but I really like it. It's a, it's a tasteful rendition and it suits Dawn's voice. Yeah, Dawn, Natalie? Natalie Dawn. Yeah, so it's Dawn. Yeah, so it suits Dawn's voice. So needless to say, I definitely recommend this record for your Christmas playlists. I think you'll, I think you'll really like this one. Uh, and again, it's more, it's a subtle record, but it's, it's definitely more, it's more obvious than Paul Gilbert's Twas, but I think that it still works as, as a, as a soundtrack to a, a Christmassy, a Christmas evening, or Christmassy dinner party. So I think those, those two records are definitely the, the, the ones that I would, I would highly recommend if you want something new to listen to this Christmas. So Pomplamoose Winter Wishes and Paul Gilbert's Twas. Both available for streaming. I've streamed both of them. If you have any recommendations for your favourite Christmas music, I mean, there, there's so much out there, isn't there? It's it's just endless. I've been trying to post up on Twitter every day this week some of the awful-looking Christmas albums from the last, well, since the, the birth of man, since the birth of the Christmas album. And it's just endless. It really is, you know, punk, punk Christmas compilations, rock Christmas compilations. The rock ones, ugh. yeah, I mean, quite a few rock stars have, have done it. Matt actually, Matt sent me a message earlier in the week and, and he mentioned Jethro Tull's Christmas record. What's funny is I, I have that. I never thought it of it as a bad Christmas album. It's just, it's just good fun. I think it's good fun, but Jethro Tull is quite good fun anyway. What else? I mean, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's gone headfirst into Christmas, hasn't he, in the past? So yeah, if you've got any any recommendations of uh, of your favourite Christmas albums, what we really want is Christmas albums that people aren't playing. The stuff that is is getting missed because they're bullied off the airwaves by the Pogues and Mariah Carey. <laughs> I shouldn't accuse the Pogues and Mariah Carey of this. I will I will accuse Elton John and Ed Sheeran of this though. Not not happy with their contributions. So there you go. That's my that's my Christmas countdown. I really hope you've enjoyed this season uh, of Superfancast. It, it's not over. We've still got a good few inter- interludes to come at the beginning of next year. But um, I certainly at, at least hope you've enjoyed 2021 with us. been great fun for myself and Matt uh, and, and these last few episodes with, with just me. It, it's been really good fun. I've loved discovering a whole bunch of new artists. I've loved reading people's feedback and, and reading people's comments about you know episodes that they've enjoyed and, and segments that they've enjoyed. Myself and Matt started to do this really just to to, to be able to discuss music, discover new music uh, and an excuse to, to hang out every couple of weeks. And then as an added bonus, we can see hundreds of people downloading and listening to, to our episodes and, and occasionally feeding back to us and telling us they've had a good time. And that's really been um, you know, one, of the, one of the highlights of the year. So let's keep it up for 2022 really look forward to it once uh, Matt's back on dry land we're gonna we're gonna kickstart season two in a couple of months and I'm gonna continue getting these interludes out please get in touch with with any suggestions you have or if you're a super fan of something or a super fan of someone I should say not something I don't care if you're a super fan of of Marvel comics that's not it's not what this is about I want you to be a super fan of a musician get in touch on superfancasteroutlook.com contact us on twitter superfancast1 you can contact us on facebook at superfancast and if you want to chuck a couple of quid our way please do so don't be afraid go to patreon.com superfancast and show your appreciation thank you for joining us for this short little interlude i hope you enjoyed it i hope you have a great christmas try to listen to a couple of those records that i've recommended and please do recommend your favorites and i look forward to, to hearing from you at some point in the next couple of weeks hopefully and you'll hear from me in two weeks for the next deep dive So stay safe, keep rocking, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thank you.